You're stupid suicide. You're stupid suicide. You'll never live. You'll never die. You're stupid suicide. Welcome back to the Better Off Dead Minute Podcast. The podcast that would rather be better off dead than to live without you while we analyze the savage Steve Holland classic, Better Off Dead, one minute at a time. I'm Curtis Blaze from thesacknews.com. And I'm Jason Hummel from Mondo Confidential. Today we are analyzing, scrutinizing, and dancercising our way through <laughs> Minute 47, which starts with E.G. Daly dancing seductively and making eyes at the camera, and ends with E.G. ending the song with a victorious flourish. Tell us all about this minute, Curtis. Nothing would make me happier, Jason. In the previous minute, Charles finished laughing hysterically for the moment, and we see Ricky enter the gym looking stylin'. As the minute begins, we find Ricky getting down with Monique as the crowd gathers round to watch. At 46 minutes and 29 seconds, we cut back to Beth and Roy dancing and romancing. Beth is patting him on the shoulder, either lovingly or trying to wake him up, we're not quite sure. They are interrupted by Charles, who is still savoring the shaving joke. At 46 minutes and 43 seconds, we cut back to the spectacle that is Ricky dancing as he prepares for a giant, crowd-stopping move. As the minute ends, the song ends to wild, raucous applause from the crowd. Weird choice for Ricky to have a hero moment, eh? Yeah, it it seems kind of out of left field, but I mean, it's the first of a couple that happen later. In all other respects, he's the creep of the movie. Yeah. That's his job, is to be the creep. Yep, a skin crawler. So, he's probably like that all of the time, generally. Yeah. But yet, everyone is cheering him on and thinks he's cool at the dance. Maybe it's an 80s thing, you know. If you could dance in an 80s movie, you're a hero. I thought if you could get coke for everybody in the 80s movie, you were the hero. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess it depends on which movie you're in. This scene reminds me of that scene in Airplane where uh, uh, Robert, what's his name? is Ro- flinging Ro- Robert Hayes. Robert Hayes is flinging the dummy around on the Staying Alive dance scene. <laughs> Only, you know, the dummy is, well, Monique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's hardly even a prop at that point. He, she's just something that he's abusing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like that, that uh, stereotypical French dance. Where they throw each other around. Where you got the guy in the black and white striped shirt and the beret and like the red scarf. It's it's a cliche, it's a trope. I don't know where it came from, but it's it's stuck in my mind for some reason. I have visions of Fred Astaire in my head right now. Yeah, or Gene Kelly. Check out the guy in the background. Is that Agnes Young? Sure looks like him. (laughs) He's got the ACDC hat, but he's doing like this. You know that, okay, so every dance element has a move like you're doing the butter churn or you're doing the <laughs> the swim this one looks like he's doing the jerk off or spanking he's doing the monkey <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly only to ricky yeah he's really focused on ricky yeah this guy is really really into ricky we never see him again oh wait i bet we do background guys yeah he he's almost like he could have been a sidekick almost if Ricky was that kind of character, but you know Ricky's too creepy really to have a, a sidekick. But he is a styling dancer. Yes, most F. Eg hits that note again at second twenty nine. Did you notice that? Yeah, I'm going to attempt to do that note right now. <laughs> 
I'm sitting up properly and I have the right uh, posture. <laughs> I've been practicing my breathing. Here I go. Right now, every porpoise in the like twenty mile radius just went ah. <laughs> oh man, there's so much going on in this minute. Have you noticed that Ricky dances like Jackie Gleason? Yeah, yeah. That I don't know what you call it, but yeah, it's a very Jackie Gleason move. I call it the Jackie Gleason dance. Yeah, as performed on the Honeymooners. He doesn't end it like Jackie Gleason though. Well, Jackie Gleason would have done like. A somersault, and then a really painful splat. <laughs> well, there's sort of a painful-looking splat. This guy goes right on his face. Yeah. He face plants, but he doesn't do the flip. So we cut back to Roy and Beth dancing very slowly. And uh, have you noticed that Roy's coat looks just like Roy Batty's coat from Blade Runner? Yeah, it's got that raised-up collar. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought first time and like every time i've seen it since you know you just expect him to turn the lane and say i've seen things you geeks wouldn't believe <laughs> skis on fire off the shoulder of the k-12 if only you could see the things that i've seen with your eye <laughs> so beth is clearly not having a good time at this dance nope i mean there there's a little bitty moments where it seems like it's like nice and romantic but yeah, for most of it, she looks pretty miserable. You know, for most of the movie, she looks pretty miserable. Yeah. She's never happy when she's with Roy. It's always like Roy's doing something to embarrass her the entire time. And yet, she's choosing him over our boy Lane. Yeah. Man, I miss Lane. We haven't seen him for many minutes. <laughs> Not really. I mean, you know, picking apart a baby New Year in the last scene. Yeah. Other than that. So, the, uh, the spank-your-butt-jerk-off guy... Ends up getting Ricky's glasses. Yeah, it's like the uh, old Rosie Greer commercial where he hands the kid the towel. (laughs) Here you go, kid. (laughs) Gee, thanks. (laughs) Did you notice that Ricky's coat just mysteriously disappears from one scene to the next? Hmm, yeah. Little uh, continuity, schmontinuity. Ricky's doing the Jackie Gleason. Then we see Charles doing the shaving joke again (laughs) and ruining Beth's time. And then we cut back and uh, no coat for Ricky. Got his uh, tie cocked rakishly to the side. He's getting ready for something big. The big finish. And then something big happens. (laughs) Why? Why does he face plant right there? Well, I have a theory that he was kind of like doing what the uh, breakdancers did. They always ended with like a flourish and they would like freeze on their last move. Okay, I can... I can, I can kind of buy that, but it seems it seems like a bad choice to make that your last move, where you're <laughs> face down on the floor and unconscious. <laughs> Who ends a dance like that? No dance on Dance Fever I ever watched ended that way. Yeah, because they usually they usually just cut to a commercial. <laughs> it's always like finger in the air in a pose. In fact, every dance I've ever seen ends with a big. Pose or whatever. Every performance style dance. Yeah. Every you're in the middle of everybody watching you kind of dance. Yeah. Just another series of bad choices in Ricky's life. Yeah, he's... When it comes between, like, the cool choice and the awkward choice, he goes with the awkward choice. But he turns his tie sideways to make the big dive. (laughs) What? 
Well, he doesn't want to choke. Do you think that scene was improvised? I'm not totally sure. Um, I I kind of think that maybe... Kind of like the school scene where they just keep filming and filming? Yeah. We're just so talking out of our butts, though. But I know there was a lot of improv uh, going on. Back when doing improv used to not suck. Yeah. <laughs> Back when you used to have an editor that uh, that cared about the movie. True. Ghostbusters 2016. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just got on scene and it was like, hey, you know, Ricky was just supposed to be a jerk who's treating Monique badly, but it turns out that Dan Snyder can dance. Let's give him a moment. Yeah. I, I, I just kind of get the feeling that that's what had happened with a lot of the Ricky moments was Holland just saw, God, this guy's good. You know, let's just, just let him run with it. He didn't have anything written for Dan because he was just supposed to be the creep. But then Dan shows up and he's awesome. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm putting that in the movie. Yeah. That is a theory that I, I would totally buy. And you could see like probably like you know, Dan really growing on him to the point where he even likes Ricky as a character, you know? Right. Starts to, especially like sitting in the editing bay day after day. Yeah, just watching it over and over again, cracking up. <laughs> Starts to feel sympathetic towards uh, towards Ricky because of Dan's performance. I can totally see that happening. I could see that happening to me if I was editing. Yeah. Be like, oh, you know, this guy is such a downer and such a creep, and I, otherwise I have this funny movie. <laughs> that is also about suicide, I guess? Yeah. Did we touch yet on Charles's uh, stylish bow tie? I don't believe we did. Yellow, silk. Golden. Okay, golden. Shirt is very abstract too. Yeah, it looks like almost like Art Deco glass or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I was thinking abstract representation of a bear attack. <laughs> abstract grizzly. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, think we touched on uh, Monique's wardrobe either. She she kind of tends to dress like kind of out of like the thirties and forties. She kind of looks like she's in the French Resistance or something. Oh, those Pat Boone white shoes. You know, I never noticed this before. I didn't notice this when I was making the notes. But as we're reviewing the minute, check this out at, at second 27. She is getting away. She is making her escape. Look at this. She's like... She's looking around. She's like, he's gone? <laughs> Run for it. That is awesome. Sweet freedom. I've watched this minute 103 times now. I didn't notice that she was, she was getting away right there. After you... I, I mean, because he is just... He's bad. He's he's like doing things that could sprain her neck. Yeah. He just pushes her away like a jerk. So she disappears in this minute to reappear later without Ricky because, of course, Mr. Smooth turns his tie sideways and dives on the floor and then falls off spread eagle. And this guy in the blue, you know, that cut, like reaches down and like gives him a big pat on the back. <laughs> like, like boy. <laughs> Good job, dude. I just wish during the scene that we could watch E.G. perform while he dances. Yeah. All we see is, like, her legs. That must be frustrating for her as a performer to be on stage and everybody's turned away from her watching Ricky dance. <laughs> yeah, she still gets paid. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Jason, but I've just about squeezed out the sponge that is minute 47. <laughs> you got anything else for us? I think we covered it. Alrighty. Well, I'm glad we did a thing where we... Like, clapped and made sure there wasn't going to be echoing this episode. It's an echoless episode. I'll figure it out. <laughs> so, the Better Off Dead Minute podcast is a fan project by Curtis Blaze and Jason Hummel. 
The movie Better Off Dead was created by Savage Steve Holland and presented by Warner Brothers in association with AM Films. The Better Off Dead Minute podcast is produced and edited by Curtis Blaze. Our opening music, Suicide for You, is by Skatred. You can follow the Better Off Dead Minute on Twitter at BOD Minute and at our Facebook group at the Better Off Dead Minute Crisis Support Service and at betteroffdeadminute.com. Don't forget to leave us a voicemail or text at 712-830-7373. Also, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We'd like to thank the Star Wars Minute guys for graciously allowing us to steal the format. If you would like to listen to other Movies by Minutes podcasts, and there are like 80, possibly 100 by the time we put this out, check out moviesbyminutes.com. You can join us the next time we record one of these for Minute 48. Until then, I'm Curtis. And I'm Jason. Good night.